Tell me when you're ready. It's going. The stakes have never been higher. Tell me when you're ready. This has to be perfect. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. It's the 5th of July. I don't want to mess up anything because it's right after America's birthday, so we have to do a good job, okay? Are you with me, John? Yeah. All right, everybody. Happy happy, happy 4th of July. It's the day after the 4th of July. America's one year older and one year wiser. The birthday boys all growed up. The United States of America. And we have a very special birthday gift for Uncle Sam, and that is another episode of our podcast, Election Profit Makers. We're recording this on Wednesday, July the 5th, the year 2023. A year that George Washington and Ben Franklin and James Madison could probably have never even imagined. I bet none of them ever mentioned the year 2023 in their writings, their private journal entries, or their political day planners. And yet here we are, the heirs to their wisdom, living and thriving in 2023 AD. Can you believe it, John? Yeah, I can believe it. So do you know oh. what, uh, what, what number birthday this is? Nobody ever, can you do the math? What are you talking about? Oh, what number birthday of America? Yeah, yeah. Sure, I could do the math. It's 2023 minus 1776. Right, which is? I don't know. It's like, that feels like a... It's, it's, it's a hard one, right? Because you got threes and sevens and six and theirs, but... It's the 247th anniversary because in 2026, it'll be the 250th anniversary. That's right. So nobody ever talked... Nobody ever... Generally, when it's your birthday, everyone's like, happy birthday. It's your 52nd birthday or... 49th right. birthday, maybe 16th birthday. Hmm. Maybe, be, your maybe your 24th 18th. birthday. Could Yeah, any of those. And it's... it's. If you're lucky, it could be your 100th birthday. Yeah. But they, nobody ever says, you know, happy 247th. They just say happy Independence Day. And yes, you're right. The 250th anniversary is coming up in 2026. Do you remember the bicentennial? That was a, a big very deal. Vaguely, you vaguely, I remember the bicentennial. And you remember that. What's that? You were four when that happened. Yeah, I have. I mean, maybe I don't remember the bicentennial, but I remember like special issues of Newsweek magazine lying around in the basement that had to do with the bicentennial. Right. I remember. Or maybe we had some special bicentennial drinking cups or something. So, do you know what the two hundred fiftieth anniversary is called? No. The semi-quincentennial, or the semi-quincentennial. Or the sester centennial or the quarter millennial. Here's what I was thinking about. How crazy will it be if Donald Trump is reelected and is president during the 250th birthday of the United States? They need to plan that now and freeze him out so that he and get it all written down and all planned out and all choreographed and all paid for ahead of time so that he can't do something completely bonkers to celebrate the 250th birthday of the United States because oh otherwise yeah. it's just going to be like so many tanks and Patriot yeah, remember missiles. when you wanted to have all those tanks roll around in DC yeah. and they were like mm, the entire government will collapse into a sinkhole if you do that sir the tanks are too heavy yeah that's a good idea you're right someone should so let's lock get that, that locked down yeah. now whoever's in charge of that in uh in Washington maybe the mayor hmm that would be interesting if the mayor of if the mayor of Washington D.C. was in charge of yeah. the sesquicentennial. Yeah. What's it called? The uh, semi the, uh, the it's I there's a couple of ones. The quarter millennial. I kind of like Lane, that one. Don't say that. That's bad. The sester centennial. Sester centennial sounds normal and, and the legit. Semi quincentennial. That's that's better. Easy. That's the okay, best one. The semi quincentennial. Can't you imagine Wolf Blitzer saying that on CNN all day and all night? Yeah. 
I like it. I'm I'm get, actually getting excited for it now. It's I actually like I, I like Fourth of July. Yeah, that's where you and I have a bit of a disagreement. I'm not a huge fan of the Fourth of July. It's because you hate America, and I love America. What's that? I think it's because you have a, a mixed uh, relationship with America, and I don't. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, I have a mixed relationship with the church, and I love Christmas. Hmm. I have a mixed relationship with the history of American colonialism, and yet I love Thanksgiving. I mean, all these holidays, my friend, are problematic faves, except for Arbor Day. That's the one you can't help but love. Simply and unconditionally, it's the Pete Seeger of holidays, Arbor Day. Plant a tree to celebrate Arbor Day. Yeah, I'm not a fan. We got too many. Uh, at least Too many here. trees? Too many trees. I like Fourth of July because it's really easy. You ha- you don't have to do anything. You just show up and, you know, eat um, a hot dog or anything. It's, there's not very many expectations on Thanksgiving and Christmas. Those are stressful holidays. Yeah, Fourth of July gets, is yeah. is um, no stress, man. You know, you came over last night. I was relaxed. I was going to tell our audience it's very ironic because I am down in North Carolina and I did celebrate the 4th of July with you yesterday. And I actually saw you working harder than I think I've ever seen you working because you were the number two guy in the neighborhood fireworks extravaganza. And it was an extravaganza. I could not believe that was legal. That felt like a felony level explosive event with how many fireworks you guys had planned in the cul-de-sac and were setting off with concrete blocks and all kinds of staged release. It was like a 45-minute neighborhood firework yeah. display, and you were little, hustling. It was over the top. But, you know, I wanted to be involved. Um, I practiced risk management. I figured we needed some experts there and to just do it as safely as possible. And I thought it was pretty safe. I actually think having having those cinder blocks, was it was a little over-engineered, that we might not have even needed those. Well, listen, in the, aftermath of, in the aftermath of Titan Ocean Gate or whatever it was called. That's I right. Think, I think over-engineering is going to be the hot new thing. People <laughs> yeah. are going to engineer the shit out of every little thing they do. Yeah, I think you might be right. Well, thanks for coming. I'm sorry that I was busy helping with the fireworks and I wasn't able to enjoy them with you. Are you guys going to submit a bid to handle the fireworks for the quarter millennial celebrations in 2026? That's not about me and, and, and Mike, my neighbor Mike, yeah. Fly to D.C. and meet the mayor of Washington, D.C., and they could say, I've heard a lot about you boys and your fireworks. This is a big event. I don't have to tell you, President Trump has very high expectations for this fireworks display. If it is Trump, then there's a decent chance that we could get it. Uh-huh. Because anybody, I mean, you know, you just petition him, and yeah, anybody could get if it. If you just submit a low bid and say it's you're going to light up the sky in, in honor of President Trump, I bet you could get the bid. Yeah, I think you're right. I hope fireworks are still a thing, but maybe maybe they're not. I realized last night there was a lot of smoke, and that's probably really bad for the environment. It's terrible. Oh, you think, you think it's fireworks terrible. might not be good yeah, for the environment? It's not good for the environment. It's not good for animals. It's not It's not good for anyone. It's really— Oh, it's it, not good for the animals? Remember when I went into your restroom and found one of your cats, like— fa- It was like the end of the Blair Witch Project. Your cat was facing the corner yeah. behind the toilet. I felt so bad for that little that little fella. yeah. Yeah. yeah, fireworks are not good. They should they should ban fireworks. Yeah, I said it. I think I I think I'm I might be in agreement that they do that, but they need to be replaced with something like drones or something something like that. How about book reports about how wonderful our country is and the unique aspects of history never before performed by our founding fathers, the great geniuses who bequeathed upon this nation one nation indivisible, with a liberty for all nations. What about that? You forgot under God. 
Why isn't the 4th of July spent in quiet contemplation? I've always wondered that. Wouldn't that be a good bumper sticker if you had a <laughs> yeah. Imagine you had a huge you had a huge dump truck or a pickup truck. Mhm. Sometimes I get dump trucks and pickup trucks confused. I'm sorry. And there was a big red bumper sticker on the back, and it said in all caps, why can't the 4th of July be spent in quiet contemplation? And then there was like six question marks. You'd run off the road. You'd be so excited to get a photo of that bumper sticker. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. That would be a weird bumper sticker. What, what other type of bumper stickers would be on a car like that? Like maybe one of those fish bumper stickers? The Darwin, you mean you mean the Jesus one, and then they put feet on it to be like, oh, I believe in evolution. That was such a flex in the 90s to believe yeah, in evolution. Remember right. that? Yeah. I have two bumper stickers, the evolution fish and my Jane's addiction bumper sticker. Hmm, free thinker over here. Hmm. Hey. And then the other one was visualize using your turn signals. Yeah. <laughs> Mic drop. That's one of the yeah. sickest bumper stickers of all time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. I saw one the other day that says, warning. I did learn how to drive from playing video games or something like that. Oh, like, that's interesting. I was like, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's all right. Uh, for some reason, I thought, for some <laughs> reason, I don't know where this came from. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the bumper sticker said, and I will say this would be an amazing bumper sticker. I thought the bumper sticker was going to say, warning, I'm dead. Yeah. That'd be spooky. Because then you'd like zoom up right beside the driver to see if they were dead right like i bet they would if you had yeah. something absolutely like that. people would absolutely. be checking it out to, to make sure um do you remember when we had a pizza parlor here in chapel hill and it was called godfather's pizza and they delivered pizza in a full hearse do you remember that nope it was at kroger plaza it was called godfather's pizza and they would park the hearse which was a full black hearse at the edge of the parking lot so that everybody could see it and comment on it and then I think they would use the hearse to deliver pizzas. That was really something. Godfather's yeah. Pizza. I, I don't have that memory at all. If there's anybody else from Chapel Hill has that, I'd be curious. Because that seems like something you might have conflated with something else. But you, I do remember there was a Godfather's Pizza. But I don't remember the hearse. Yeah, I think there was a hearse. I'm pretty sure there was a hearse. Because the Godfather, you know, he's responsible for many deaths. Because he ran an organized crime family. And in, uh, in, uh, it's based on the movie, I think, God, The Godfather with Marlon Brando. You know that movie? Yeah, it's one of the the classics. You come to me on the 250th anniversary of my country, and you want me to do you a favor, and you took away the fireworks bid from me and my family. We were going to blow up so many fireworks, and you underbid us. So, Mr. Trump, may God bless his soul, he went with you for the fireworks. And now you want me to do you a favor? I'm going to shoot you with a gun and put bullet holes in your whole body. I'm the Godfather. Have a pizza pizza. All right, let's start the podcast. Uh, okay. It's called Election Profit Makers. I'm David, and I'm here with John. Mysterious white substance, a powder, was found in the White House, and they identified it, John, and the substance was the one and only cocaine. Who would have thought? Someone cocaine. was trying to do an anthrax attack, but with cocaine. Is that real what happened? Well, there, there's actually some prediction markets out there betting on who, whose cocaine it was. And I think um, most people believe that it was Hunter Biden's cocaine. So he just left behind some cocaine in the White House? I don't think so. I think if, you, if you're following the story closely, which I am, it, it is— Which I am not. Okay. 
the cocaine was found in an area that it was a public area. There are many parts of the White House that people work in, and then there's some private areas, and then there's areas that like tourists go into. And it was found in one of these tourist areas. So somebody, presumably, planted or dropped their cocaine in one of these areas. They planted some cocaine because they were hoping Joe Biden would get arrested for Something. possession of cocaine. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you know, it could happen. Um, now, that doesn't, you know, exclude somebody from working in the White House, and it probably doesn't exclude somebody like Hunter Biden, but it would be weird if Hunter Biden was, like, hanging out where the tours Where were. the tourists hang out? Right. All I have to say is when they call it the district... Damn it. Fuck. God damn it. All I have to say is when they call it the District of Columbia, I didn't know they meant Columbia as in the country where so much cocaine is produced and from whence it is distributed much. That was good. Columbia with an O. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Columbia. Columbia. District of Columbia. That's right. That's right. Cocaine District. Not Cocaine City. Not Cocaine District. Yeah. Yeah, cocaine district. George Washington uh, reportedly um, putting a new kind of powder on his powdered wig. Cocaine Cocaine. powder? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Coke. Coke. Did you know the three most famous English words, speaking of Coke? Oh, I think you told me this, but I couldn't believe it was true. And who said this? Uh, Richard Stockton Rush. Oh, right. Rest in peace. Oh, there's been some updates about him as well. I guess we're transitioning to talk about the we don't have We don't have to transition to it. I was just going to, you know. No, we, let's we, do it. There's we've nothing been speaking to about, about God. We've been speaking about Coke. And then I right. was thinking of those things, and I, and I thought of this quote from uh, Stockton Rush where he said, uh, as he was probably trying to sell his tour to somebody, he said that the three most famous words in the English language are Coca-Cola, God, and Titanic. I'm going to say those are probably not the top three famous words. I think God. God. That's that's a horrible choice because it's God's everywhere in all languages. Yeah. Why would they know that? Hmm. Coca-Cola, God, and Titanic. Well, Coca-Cola is pretty famous. Yeah. Guess- Was he trying to sell a? <laughs> He was probably trying to sell something related to Titanic in his sub. I was going to say, what if he was just trying to sell like um, factory tours of Coca-Cola in Atlanta yeah, or something? That would be weird. And then he was like, and then I'm going to take you to the Titanic, and then we might go meet God, because that's what happened. Yeah. So he hit the trifecta. The most famous words in English tour. The thing I was thinking about Stockton Rush, and, and we should mention also that my prediction, I was so happy that I had predicted correctly. Well, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it. I was so, I felt very vindicated that I thought my prediction was correct, that that sub imploded immediately and they had no idea that they were dead. Now it sounds like maybe they did, were aware for like 15 minutes that things weren't going right and they had 15 minutes to panic and hate life and gain. What do you think? Well, a... A transcript was leaked, but it, it's not been confirmed. But if the transcript is true, it seems like they started having problems and they were trying to ascend and they were having tro- trouble dropping ballast to ascend and that they knew that there was a problem. I don't know if they knew that they were going to die in that situation, but um, 
it did make it seem like it was more of a possibility. So the thing I was thinking about Stockton Rush this week is, you know, many people are obviously drawing parallels between certain other tycoons in the business world who seem to think they know better than everyone else while they work to destroy their their product. Not only does Stockton Rush share some personality traits with Elon Musk, they also, when you think about their names, their names are remarkably similar. Stockton Rush, Elon Musk. Now let's look at the words and letters that are involved here. Stockton ends in what? O-N, a two-syllable word that ends with O-N. Elon, a two-syllable name that ends in O-N. Let's turn our attention now to their surnames. Stockton Rush, that's consonant, U, S, consonant. And now Elon Musk. Musk is spelled consonant, U, S, consonant. There's a lot of similarities there between those two names, Stockton Rush and Elon Musk. And sometimes, John, the words have as much to say as the numbers. And sometimes the words speak even more clearly than the numbers. Words are crucial to communication, and it behooves us all to listen to the words and numbers. And letters, I should say. Let's throw in letters. For what is a word except a group of letters arranged in a particular order so as to assemble some particular meaning that is agreed upon within that language use group? Stockton Rush, Elon Musk. We should have known they were similar because their names are so similar, and sometimes it's really that simple. Right. You know, Lincoln and Kennedy had the same number of letters in them. Did you know that Kennedy's favorite car was a Ford Lincoln, and Lincoln's favorite car was a Kennedy horseback carriage ride? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. And Lincoln was shot by John Wilkes Booth, and Kennedy was shot by Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm -hmm. And a booth is where you go to cast your vote. Yeah. And and an Oswald is where you go to vote your cast. Hmm, very interesting. I suspect you've never heard it put quite that way. No, I'd, I'd heard the others, you know, that one ran to a theater and uh, the other was in a theater. And that Lincoln had a secretary named Kennedy and Kennedy had a secretary named Lincoln. I don't know. All right, let's keep moving. There was big news in uh, the... Supreme Court of the United States this week. Two huge cases that both that both came about because of North Carolina. That's right. North Carolina was dominating Supreme Court news this week, unlike any other state. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, we had one win and and one loss. Although I guess we I guess we I guess we lost them both. But we won technically it. Yeah, we Technically, yeah. North Carolina went 0 for 2 at the Supreme Court, even though politically we would say it was 1 and 1, right? Right, right. Uh, North Carolina um, or just America in general, would I would say, won by the independent uh, legislative theory being shot down. The independent legislature theory. Independent state legislature theory. Independent state legislature theory. 
yes, was shot down by the Supreme Court. They said that was a bridge too far, although they kind of left the door open. Oh, they want it so bad. That it could happen at another time. Oh, they definitely want it to happen. Yeah, yeah. So So Tim Moore, who most of you will remember is one of our erotic bad boys of the week, I had forgotten this case. What is it? Harper versus Moore? Moore v. Harper? Yeah. They switched He's the guy it's named after. That's right. So he took a big... He took a big L. He had a mix. He had a mixed week this week. Let's jump ahead to Erotic Bad Boys. Pause for theme music. Okay. Everybody get naked. Yeah, yeah. Everybody show their buns. Orgy, orgy. It's Erotic Bad Boys of the Week. Let's get sexual. Bad boys are number one. Let's fucking suck like crazy tonight. And we're back. Not only did he lose... The Supreme Court case named in his honor, or should I say named in his dishonor. He also had a bit of good news because the lawsuit that he was embroiled in, that was suing him for alienation of marital affection, or whatever it's called, this old-timey law that North Carolina still has on the books where you can sue your spouse's lover. Um, That case has since been resolved, according to his lawyer. The guy who was suing him, who met with him at Biscuitville, to discuss the alleged uh, sexual affair that included trading sexual humiliations for political favors and involved group sex, which reminded us all of Madison Cawthorn's haunted words, they're all having group sex in Washington with cocaine. And sure enough, what have we learned in the last couple of weeks? There is cocaine in the White House, and North Carolina lawmakers are having group sex, so thank you to Madison Cawthorn. I'm sorry that I ever scoffed at you. You truly were. A, a, a seer among the blind but more that lawsuit has been resolved so it looks like he's off the hook for uh damages that were up to two hundred thousand dollars which i think is what the guy was seeking right i mean i'm sure they said i'm sure they settled so it you probably think that's what it is just yeah. like a small settlement outside yeah, of some some kind of settlement and he lost just because he it, you know it 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 was publicized the whole thing so so he had a rough he's had a rough month yeah he has he got his ass clobbered at the Supreme Court, he'll be ever, he'll be forever known as the Biscuitville Booty Bandit, as of right now, because that's my new nickname for him. Okay. And he settled, uh, he paid out of pocket to resolve what is probably an incredibly humiliating and embarrassing situation of, of um, sexual improprieties, perhaps? Yes. So spare a thought for, for uh, Mr. Moore. As long as we are in the... Um, erotic bad boys of the week update we should say that my guy out here in la damon lawner have heard nothing no new news about him the last we heard was that he was kicked out of his uh, sanctum sex club for revealing that hunter biden was formerly a member but i didn't hear anything about him this week although i don't have my ear to the ground in la because i'm in north carolina this week so maybe when i get back to la i'll have i'll hear a lot of updates out on the streets about damon lawner so i think this week's round we have to give it to tim moore he remains the erotic bad boy of the week but I still don't want to resolve this market, so to speak. I still want to keep our our listeners in delectable suspense. We're okay? pulling out predicted. We're just going to keep it going and going. Yeah, I kind of want to see if Damon Lawner has another trick or two up his sleeve. Yeah, so keep, keep the wagers going on this one. Keep all the wagers going on this one. That would be a cool thing to say if we had a TV show about betting on political outcomes. Keep all the wagers going on this one. All right, John, let's turn to our predictive portfolios. Yes. Singular, because you don't have one, but I still have one. What's the latest news on predicted, John? Predicted added another person to their GOP presidential nomination market. 
Vivek Ramaswamy. Currently trading at five cents, up one penny to five cents, tied with Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, trading at five cents, along with Glenn Youngkin. Tim Scott, who I've gone long on, is trading at seven cents, down two cents from my buy price, 400 shares at nine cents. Ron DeSantis now at 24 cents, and former President Trump at 57 cents. But the big news is in the market for who's going to win the presidency. And in that market, mm-hmm. you can see now that Gavin Newsom has surpassed Ron DeSantis as having a better chance to be president next year than even Ron DeSantis. What do you think about that? I'm not surprised. Ron DeSantis is uh, dunzo. So Newsom is trading at 14 cents at the moment, and Kamala Harris is trading at three cents. Yeah, that's a little... I mean, I guess that makes sense. Everyone has just decided there's no way she's going to be president. Well, I think it probably... I mean... Okay, so we know Biden is going to be president unless something happens health-wise. And if something happens health-wise... Or if he goes to jail for this cocaine. That's true. Yeah. Or if he goes to... And that's a felony, I think, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So I think it probably would be between Gavin Newsom or Harris, but... It depends on when this illness or, or, you know, incarceration were to take place. If it, if it occurs earlier, I do kind of think Newsom has a decent chance. But obviously, if it happens late, then she, it's going to be too late. He would not have, have uh, even put his name in the ring at that point. This might be the first election we've ever had in, in all of our 247 years of American history where both parties' nominees for president are in jail. Trump is in jail for the document stuff, <laughs> yeah. and Biden is in jail for all this cocaine that he's dealing out of the White House. That would be so humiliating. Yeah. That would be truly unprecedented. They would debate from their jail cells via, like, Zoom or something, right? Yeah. I doubt they'd be put in jail, though. I think they might put it, be put in an old-timey cowboy jail. Yeah, you think? Where someone sneaks up on a, on a horse and then ties a rope to the bars and, and then kicks the horse in the butt. And the, yeah, and the horse pulls the bars out. So Gavin Newsom neck and neck with Ron DeSantis. They're both smoking Kamala Harris. Joe Biden at 44 cents. Donald Trump at 29 cents. Didn't really hear much from Donald Trump in this past week. It was kind of a slow week after the incredible week he had earlier where we heard the audio tape of him revealing confidential maps about attacking Iran to a bunch of sycophants and journal, I mean, and ghostwriters. That was a true, that was, that was some cringeworthy audio. That was really, it was, there was so much, like every sentence was so loaded and perfect. It's already been discussed to death, but we just want to acknowledge that it was majestic in its way, right? I can't believe that that was this week. It feels like a really long time ago. Well, yeah, yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah, just that's what he kept at, saying. And look at this. I just, I just, look what I have right here. This is so incredible. We were talking about Iran, and like, I just stuck my hand out into this huge pile of papers, and look what I have, this top secret thing about Iran. This is amazing. What are the odds of that? That's incredible. Yeah. But it's secret, this is. Yeah. It's secret. So we could see if we could um, maybe, maybe get it get it declassified. <laughs> well, I don't know, like, oh, Now sir. we have a problem. Yeah, we yeah. have a problem. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's just do listener questions. F it. Oh wait, no. <laughs> I want to talk. John, I had an amazing bit. Uh, amazing bit of uh, discovery. I realized. John, I had an amazing 
Oh, God. How do you talk? What do you say? John, I had an amazing bit of discovery this week. That can't be right. That's John, right. John? Oh, here it is. John, I learned something quite amazing this week. That's it. That feels good. That feels natural. How amazing was it? It was so amazing, I had to text you immediately using my special telephone. It's an iPhone. Thank you very much. RFK Jr., who I think th- whose threat to Joe Biden maybe is now a little bit over overestimated or underestimated. I don't know. No, it's 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 overestimated. People keep talking about he's at 20 percent in the polls. It was like a poll from months ago. Right. No. RFK Jr.'s campaign manager is Dennis Kucinich. That was one of those facts that shocked me. And then I was like, no, that scans. That makes sense. It's so strange. Dennis Kucinich, remember, even way back when when he was running in the Democratic primary in 2004, I think it was, he was he's vegan. And now I'm not saying that anti-vaxxers are necessarily vegan and vice versa, but there's a lot of overlap there with alternative health realities, right? Anti-vaxxers and hardcore vegans. And he's obviously anti- hardcore anti-establishment, right? He probably wouldn't mind sticking it to the Democratic Party that he feels has fallen so short so often of his ideals. So I guess in a way it makes sense that he is RFK Jr.'s campaign manager. But also that's fucking crazy. It had really been a long time since I thought about Dennis Kucinich. I know. Didn't he he become the mayor of Cleveland or Cincinnati or something? Yeah, he was the mayor of Cleveland. And uh, yeah, I don't know what he looks like, but now... I bet he looks exactly the same because vegans do not age, or I should say they age very slowly and very well. Well, he looks pretty good in this picture on Wikipedia. He always looks good. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah he, he, he actually look, does I mean, look pretty good. Well, it kind of looks a little disconcerting. I, I mean, I remember because he had jet black hair and he kind of has a young person's face. Mm-hmm. Whereas RFK Jr. has that, I mean, we've discussed his appearance before, but he and Joe Rogan both, they just, their bodies just look like footballs that have been beat to shit yeah ridden hard and put up wet yeah ridden hard and put up wet although they look so dehydrated i would say ridden hard and put up dry because those dudes look like they don't have an ounce of moisture in their bodies you know yeah no i do know they're kind of like sunbagged sunbaked and roided out you know what i'm talking about like they always look so dry to me they look so freaking dry i know it's like if you cut them open, just dust would, it would just like dust would be everywhere. You'd start sneezing and sneezing and coughing and stuff, you know? Speaking of dry, I had to go get some blood taken this morning for labs. Oh my God, you must be so dried out. I was so dried out. Normally they, they love, they love taking blood from me. They're like, you got great veins and everything. And this time they were complimenting my veins. And then she was not complimenting the way that blood was coming out because it was coming not out coming like sludge. out. It was coming. Yeah. She was like, I think you're going to need to pump a little more. It's something I've never done before. I had no idea that this was an issue. And apparently it's because you're a little bit dehydrated and your blood doesn't flow as well. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it doesn't. So I had to like squeeze and pump and I don't like giving blood. I'm sure it was coming out looking like freaking ketchup. Yeah. Pulpy ketchup. It was only because it was just early this morning. It's probably when you're the most dehydrated. So, anyway. Um, hmm. Maybe. Did you not drink water before you went in to give blood? I mean, I may, may have drank a glass of water. Jesus fucking Christ. A glass of water? I How much would you drink? Oh, uh, I'd be drinking a small amount of water if I was about to go give blood. Why? 
Because they're taking all this liquid out of my body. I want to have backup liquids ready to go to become blood. It's never been an issue for me, but I will next does time. Wa- does the water you drink become your blood? How does that work? No. Are they completely different? Are they closed systems? Yes. You're nodding your head, but I'm not sure you really know. I don't. Yeah. I think if you drink a lot of water, it probably waters down your blood. That's No, it's a closed system. Blood-brain barrier is a thing. Oh, right. Speaking of RFK that. Jr., that's what he said. Wi-Fi messes up the blood-brain barrier, right? Yeah, that's probably true. Oh, speaking of medicine, I can, I'm can. i happy to report to everybody. I had my colonoscopy, and I did it like a champ, and there's nothing of note inside my body. I would dare say the gastroenterologist was pretty impressed with old kid Midas. He was looking at the photos and showing them to me. He was like, you, he was like, these things are so clean, you could eat out of these things. And I said, good, well, there's a lot of food that moves through them, so I'm glad to hear that. There was nothing of note. I felt terrific. Were you surprised? The weird thing... You eat really well, so I wasn't surprised, man. Mm, do I, though, Johnny? One thing of note, I was really looking forward to going under, being put under for the, for the procedure, because I knew I would wake up feeling incredibly rested, as yep. you do after you've had the um, profanol or whatever it's called. They, I was awake the whole time, and they gave me like a local thing, but like it was uncomfortable. I was complaining about how it felt. You were awake, and I was watching on the. I was watching on the man- monitor as they were sending the um, laparoscopic camera. Like I was seeing my insides. Yeah, because I, you know, I was a little baked from the medicine, but I was like, "Is that me?" And they were like, "Yeah." And I was like, Are, "Am I? Did you use anesthesia? Because I don't feel good." And they were like, "Yeah, we used anesthesia." I was like, "It's uncomfortable." And, you know, I remember this kind of vaguely, right? But then afterwards, when he called me in to look at the photos of my nice, shiny intestines, I mean, this, these intestines were so clean, they looked like Elon, they looked like Elon, fuck, damn it, I'm gonna try it again. I mean, these intestines look so clean, they look kind of like Elon Musk's weird car tunnel in Las Vegas, if you understand the reference. Anyway, um, he said, you asked a lot of questions during the procedure. And I said, I did. He was like, yeah, you don't remember? I said, not really. He said, well, you kept asking me if, if we had given you anesthetic. And in my mind, I was like, well, that's the kind of question where you don't want to have your patient ask that more than once. Yeah. If you're asking it. Because I was it, feeling it. Yeah. You shouldn't be awake. I was asleep. I wanted to be asleep. I was disappointed. That's when I kept asking him, like, am I going to go to sleep? Am I going to go to sleep? Like, what's going on? I'm not sure you should have started yet. I'm not asleep yet. I can feel the tube in my tube, so to speak. Anyway, that's the colonoscopy update. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. It was worth it to get that clean bill of health. In other medical news and sleeping news, falling asleep, Joe Biden is sleeping a lot better these days, although he has been busted because he is he's wearing the CPAP machine now for sleep I'm so apnea. so fucking jealous of this guy. He does all the cocaine he wants in the majesty <laughs> of the White House, and he gets a CPAP machine. I would kill to have a CPAP machine. That would solve right. all my problems. I know. Yeah, the first thing I... When I saw it, I was like, goals. I definitely want that. And also, we know he's wearing it tight as fuck. Because the way <laughs> they realized he was wearing a CPAP machine is he still had the impression of the strap on the side of his head. Yeah. But you're old. So, you know, and, I mean, I think that would probably happen for us as well. But we, you have more collagen in your face when you're when you're his age, 80. What does so. that mean? That impressions last longer? The skin I bet. doesn't bounce back? I bet. I, I oh. bet. It's just not as, uh, as elastic. But that's, you know, neither here nor there. There's nothing wrong with him having a little impression on the side of his face for him to be sleeping better. There's something like 3 million Americans that are using CPAP machines. 
I got to go do another sleep study because I've been dying for a CPAP, a CPAP machine for like 14 years. I really do think it would solve all my problems. And you know what? I wish Joe Biden would just wear it out. Like that guy in the Batman movie who has that huge thing on his face. You can't understand what the fuck he's saying all the time. You know what I'm talking about? There's a Batman movie and he blows up a football stadium. Bane? Bane. His name is Bane. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea who that is. He wears like a air conditioning unit on his right, face. Right. Mm-hmm. Biden should do that. That would be tough. Anything that can increase oxygen is is good for you. Do you think you could load cocaine into a CPAP machine and then just have it kind of mist constantly? That could be the root of administration. Maybe. What's it called? Insulfation? Insufflation? What do they call it when you sniff something? Insulfation? I don't know. Hmm. Insulfation. There's much to consider in this in the world of medicine, John. It's dangerous. You really shouldn't be sniffing or snorting anything like that. It can really mess your lungs up. Your lungs? Yeah. You think your nose is connected to your lungs? Excuse me. I think it might be, yeah. Who are you, Leonardo da Funky? I didn't get that one. Well, it's like Leonardo da Vinci. He knew a lot about medicine, and he drew... Pictures of um yeah I got that the body but you but you're wrong so instead of being Da Vinci you're Da Funky I think that's a pretty good joke John Da Funky I don't know it should be like Da Da Flunky Hey John you've heard of Leonardo Da Vinci but I guess now we'll forever know you as Leonardo Da Flunky hmm. Yeah now is that a good joke I guess I would say that's a six out of ten What about Da Finky you know, isn't that something yeah, they used to call it. people that's in the, the 1950s? They were like, yeah, you're a fink. Right. You don't I have a... this friend. He thinks the noses are connected to the lungs. I can already see this routine. Yeah. This is a good routine, John. Yeah, well, I right. got this friend. He thinks your noses are connected to your lungs and that snorting cocaine is bad for your lungs. <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci, meet Leonardo da Finky. And Mike drops standing ovation for five minutes. Thank you very much. That's the stuff. John, let's turn to listener questions. I think we have an ad read. New advertiser alert, friends. New advertiser alert. This week's episode is sponsored by Klein's Trivia. That's Klein's Trivia. You can find them at ko-fi.com. K-O-F-I.com slash K-L-E-I-N-S-T-R-I-V-I-A. Klein's Trivia makes flashcard decks for the Anki app. That's A-N-K-I. These flashcards... John, use spaced repetition to help you learn things quickly. This app where you get these flashcards has been used by Jeopardy! champions and top-tier quizzers. Klein's trivia topics include, John, U.S. presidents, elections, constitutional amendments, state and world capitals, tall buildings, I know you like that, Yeah. power five college sports teams, I know you like that, Yeah. world currencies, Olympic games, major airports, I know we both like that, skylines, we both like that, EGOTs, U.S. national parks and historic sites, and many more. So Klein's Trivia has all the hot topics. These flashcards are available as pay what you want, but tips are more than welcome at ko-fi, that's ko-fi.com, slash Klein's Trivia. You can exercise your brain, impress your friends, and clean up at trivia nights. Klein's Trivia is also available for flashcard commissions, specialized training memory assistance flashcards, and trivia event hosting if you want to do a trivia night. That's ko-fi.com slash Klein's Trivia to start mastering trivia today. Thank you, Klein's Trivia, for sponsoring this episode of Election Cocaine Lung Investigators. I love that. I'm definitely going to try that out. 
John, we got a lot of listener corrections, not just mm-hmm. questions, but corrections, because you did some calculations last week, and a few people had some bones to pick with you about those calculations. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. You want to get into these corrections? Sure. I would just like to say that last week when I did these calculations, I thought I did them well, and I did do most of them well. But in any type of math thing, if you make one mistake, one wrong turn, then it screws the whole thing up. Yeah, it's truly unforgiving. It's the unforgiving science, mathematics. Right. So Joe writes in, just adding my two cents to the cacophony of feedback I'm sure you're going to get. David's skepticism, this is the part that I hate the most, is everyone's like, David knew. David's right, skepticism I was right, Damn right I knew. about the human body being 7,000 square inches of surface area. David did not believe that it was 7,000 square inches. Now, he never said what he did think it was. No, but, but I don't have to. Okay. 7,000 just felt off. Okay. Well, you're right. It was off. Very interesting that John mentioned he converted from 18,000 square centimeters therein lies the problem. Converting 18,000 linear centimeters is a simple matter of dividing by 2.54 to get around 7,000 inches. But if you're converting in square centimeters, you have to divide by the square of 2.54 or 6.45 to get around 2,790 square inches. There we go. So the human body still does have a lot of square inches. Yeah, it has many square inches, but, but it, it doesn't, doesn't have 7,000 square inches. No, it doesn't have 7,000. Not the average human body. Some, some some might. Did you ever read the classic New Yorker magazine article about the first ever full human face transplant? I did not, but I do remember around the time that that happened, 1997 or eight, something like that. I can't remember when it happened, but the, the, the article about it is truly incredible. And speaking of lightning strikes, it was somebody who I think was severely burned because they touched a power line or something. Mm. It was an electrical burn on their face, I think. And they did a face transplant. And the one fact I remember from that incredible article, which is well worth reading because it is absolutely riveting, is that when you take all the skin on a human head, on the face, and you spread it out flat on a tabletop, it's the size of a hubcap. So... And you, you thought that, that would it would be bigger than that? No, I thought that I really it was just very vivid. It was very, oh, okay. very vivid to me. All right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I am not skeptical that there are many square inches of flesh upon our human forms. I believe that. I just didn't think it was 7,000 square inches. Well, congratulations. You were so right. that was a mistake about the square inches of the human body. We turn now to a second mistake, John, and that's about the force, the pressure that those bodies are sometimes put under. Yeah. The, I mean, and that was the, uh, because I got that wrong, the force is wrong. Oh, is yeah. that what it is? That's what it is. That These aren't, these. this is, because there's 6,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. So if I thought it was 7,000 square inches, my pressure was automatically wrong. This is like what you were saying. If you get the first thing wrong in math, the second thing will be wrong. Yeah. So I I had the right idea. I was doing it. I wasn't thinking something crazy. I just made a dumb error in my conversion. So we don't have to read these other other corrections. Okay. No. I mean, they, they might... They maybe they they describe it better. It because... doesn't matter. Okay. All right. 
All right, we got an email from Spencer, longtime first-time listener here. I wanted to write in to ask if you would consider not using car honking sound effects in future episodes, although the effect is humorous and puts me in mind of the old AA beep beep MCO radio commercials. It was a little startling each time the cue was used in the past couple episodes. Many listeners likely enjoy your podcast in the car or while out on a walk. And a sudden car horn could be distracting or alarming to drivers or pedestrians, especially because it was mixed in well and realistically. In my case, I jerked around in my car to check my blind spots during both episodes. I work in podcasting, and we often have conversations about the use of sound effects that could be mistaken for emergency vehicles or vehicles in an emergency. Sirens, horns, tire screeching, crashes, etc. I truly hope this came across as useful information and not rank criticism. And then he brings it on home with the following sentence, John. EPM is one of the few shows I listen to outside of work, and it's always the highlight of my week. Sincerely, Spencer from beautiful Sherman Oaks, which has no skyline to speak of. Well, folks, this is not the only criticism we got about my amazing groundbreaking use of car horn sound effects in our audio podcast, but based on the feedback we received... We will no longer be providing you with randomly placed sounds of car horns beeping because we want to ensure a safe and pleasant drive for all who care to listen to election profit makers. Is that not correct, John? Yes. Yeah. I think that. that yeah. Okay. Definitely. You don't want to do the awooga. Hold on. Awooga. What? I'm, I have to take a quick call. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Don't hang up. Awooga. Hello. Though, I do think a bicycle horn in in some cases probably wouldn't be a good idea. Because some people are riding it on their bikes and little bike horns, you know, jing, 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 jing. All right. What are you talking about, John? I was on the telephone. Well, I mean, in this thing Spencer said, you know, I think maybe perhaps you could use a bicycle horn. I don't think that's a good idea either because... No, because then you'll be worried that you're cutting off a bicycle. Yeah. Right. yeah, Yeah. What about a train horn? Yeah, that's good. Let's use a huge on, on, uh, sound of an oncoming train. How about that? Well, what are the odds that the person that's listening is actually standing on tracks? Well, you... You, you no, don't... When you hear a train going... Because... And you're not on railroad tracks, and you do you really think... They could think, think it's a runaway train. Not on tracks. Yeah, uh, I guess you're right. They could think it's a runaway train that's jumped the tracks and is coming to mow them down. Okay? Okay. Let's get to some more pleasant sound effects, John. Why don't you read this message from Ryan? Ryan writes in, since you asked for bird recordings last week, here's one I made a few weeks ago on a trip to Cape Cod. It's an eastern whippoorwill, which is named for its distinctive call. Like an owl, this bird is nocturnal, and we would hear its call every night of our trip. It is a squat little bird with big black eyes that sleeps all day. Its coloring lets it blend in perfectly with tree bark and fallen leaves. And because of this camouflage, it is seen much less frequently than it is heard. Let's listen to Ryan's recording of a Cape Cod whippoorwill. Okay, that was much more pleasant than random car horns honking, wasn't it? Yeah, that's a really nice one. And John, things get even better. Why don't you read Bobby's email? Bobby writes in, already an avid bird watcher, I was inspired late last year by an EPM episode on the topic of field recordings to pick up some earphones with a decent microphone to try to get better recordings of the birds I see and hear. I'm currently up to 40 species recorded, nearing my goal of 50 by the end of 2023. 
please find attached my recording of a white-eyed vireo taken this spring in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hope you enjoy. Where, John? Charlotte, North Carolina, the Queen City. Thank you, Bobby. Let's listen to Bobby's field recording of a bird. This is, this is, I want bird recordings from all over the country. I think that'll be so great. I think it'll be so exciting. It'd be kind of like bird watching, except we'd be listening to birds. Yeah. And people would send them straight to us. Are birds different all over the country? No, but it's the same three birds all over the country. Okay. It's pigeon, eagle, and whippoorwill. Whippoorwill. No, there's many different kinds of birds in different parts of the country, John. And that's why we, we want our listeners, we encourage our listeners to send in recordings of birds from wherever they live. And it's especially good if you know what you're talking about and you're not like, yeah, I just heard all these crazy birds chirping and beeping. Here they are. Like, I want to know, like, oh, this is the whippoorwill. Oh, this is the brown-crested thrush. You know, like, they also have such wonderful names. Here's the the blue-bellied warbler. Oh, I found this delightful recording I made the other day of 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 a nuthatch sprinkler beeper, you know? Is there an app if you record something and you're not quite sure what it is? Yeah, I think there's an app that can identify bird calls. I think they have that. Yeah, sounds like something they would have. So please, keep sending in your nature recordings. I love nature recordings now. It's my number one thing. Monica wrote in, John, and said, I was reading some old dinosaur comics yesterday, and one was about number stations. Are you guys aware of these? It seems right up your alley, especially David. Monica's referring to my love of the numbers and how we must, yes, always listen to the numbers. Always listen to the numbers. Anyway, Monica continues, I'd love to hear your experiences with number stations if you have had any. I have a vague desire to become an amateur ham radio operator, and finding out about these number stations makes me even more interested. John, are you telling me, based on your expression that I'm perceiving with my eyeballs that you have never heard of number stations? No, no, I don't know anything Are you about, serious? You've never yeah, heard of them? Never heard of them. I have no idea what they are. They, well, they, Monica, thank you for listening to the numbers at home and abroad. Number stations are, yes, quite interesting. The more you learn, the more you wish to know, which is true of all numbers, but especially the number stations. For those people who don't know, number stations are just radio frequencies where they broadcast a series of numbers, more or less at random, it would seem. Okay, but you, need to, out, you, you need to go to Wikipedia and play the first number station. Oh, I've, I've played all the number station. Okay. You know, let's save this for a later episode. We could do a, a yeah. mix. Yeah. We'll do a mega I mix of the different yeah, number it's, stations. It's really interesting. Because the German number station on the Wikipedia article about number station, is it going very hard? Are they dropping very many numbers in sequence to their spies at home and abroad? Number stations are terrific. We'll talk about them on a future episode. But yes, let it be said once again, always, friends, listen to the numbers. And with that, John, I suggest we conclude this week's episode of Election Profit Makers because it looks, based on your bewildered and delighted expression, it looks like you're learning about number stations for the first time. I am. I'm reading all about it. I can't wait to follow you down this rabbit hole. Yeah, it's going to be fun. But for now... Let's draw the curtain on this week's episode of Election Profit Makers by doing the traditional reading of the credits courtesy of Long John Silver. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. We welcome your support on Patreon at patreon.com slash electionprofitmakers. And you can send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And if you want to advertise with us, email contact at electionprofitmakers.com. And remember, as always, the nose is not connected to the lungs. 
We are your election profit makers. We'll see you next week. Bye.